0: Go to any mall on a Friday night, and you will find teenagers hanging out, playing with their phones, talking about music. And this really common thing happens when you're listening to music with a bunch of friends.
1: As, at a certain moment in a song, you're just like, eh, 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 and you start mumbling the words, and people look at you all like weird, because they, they know all the words, and you feel out of place, so I'm just like, F it, I'll just look up the lyrics.
0: Googling the lyrics to a song is a luxury that a lot of us did not have when we were Chadwick's age. And it's kind of amazing to think about it, this instant, on-demand solution for that very common problem, when you don't know what the singer is saying. Sometimes the the singer's voice is, like, obscure, so you probably misinterpret something, like, get lucky. Yes. A lot of people got confused with that. It was the The chorus, it was, we're up all night to get lucky, and because uh, the robot sort of like obscured the the voice, or the lyrics, uh, some people thought, uh, my niece thought especially that. It said, Mexican lucky? lucky. 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 I showed the song to a couple of my friends, and they were like, yeah, sometimes it sounds like it's saying Mexican lucky. How did you resolve this? Uh, I googled the lyrics, (laughs) and I showed it, look, it doesn't say that, please stop saying this now. Yeah. Now, this isn't completely new. You've always been able to buy sheet music, and in the old days, lots of people did. But that had measures on it and musical notes. It was not just the words. It would have been hard to find just the words without the internet. Like, I don't remember going to HMV and saying, can I have just the words to this Tribe Called Quest album? Hold the CD, just the words. Thanks. Lyrics to God. Now, there are lots of sites that have lyrics, and people who run those sites are selling ads next to the lyrics, which means they're making money off someone else's art. And there's a big fight right now over who should get that money, the songwriter or the website. Hello and welcome to Planet Money. I'm Zoe Chase. Now, we've struggled with this question in the U.S. for hundreds of years. If you use somebody else's creative work to make money, do you owe that guy some of that money?
2: Oh, go. oh, go. go. All
0: right, let's start with the songwriter. A man who wrote these immortal words. Hey, 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 like being stoned. David Lowry, frontman and songwriter for Cracker. Also for Camper Van Beethoven. Their hit.
2: Let's see if I get the right key here.
0: Take the skinheads bowling take them bowling They sold albums, toured the country all pretty lucrative, but David remembers when he started to think about the value of just the words to his songs, the words alone He was touring in late 2002 and decided to play this one song, Kerosene Hat but there was this problem He couldn't remember the lyrics
2: I have something like 300 songs in my repertoire that I've written and it's actually, hard to remember the lyrics to all the songs, especially if you haven 't played them in a long time.
0: he had them written down in a notebook somewhere, but he couldn 't find the notebook, so he figured maybe i 'll try the internet and there you go.
2: You could go on the internet and find the lyrics to a song
0: in fact, you hadn 't even written down the lyrics to kerosene hat at least in a way that was sort of available was,
2: no, I had not written down the lyrics.
0: But somebody else had.
2: But somebody else had.
0: There was this whole world out there of lyric websites. Everything seems like a dream. And seeing this whole new world of lyric websites, it made Lowry realize this might be a new way, potentially, for musicians to make money.
2: Just lyrics alone did have a value on the web.
0: Somebody was making money here off the ads that were next to his lyrics on these web pages. And that was money that Lowry thought maybe he should be making.
2: I wrote those lyrics. I came up with those lyrics, and that's and I put the words together in such a way that people found them valuable and they wanted those words.
0: In fact, David Lowry figured out lyric searches for Lowry's songs were more popular than any other Lowry-related search. More people wanted his words than wanted to illegally download his actual music. So he started to look more closely at these sites. Who were the people that were making money off his property?
2: We've evolved these parasitic middlemen who extract value that rightfully should go to the songwriter or performer.
0: I found one of these parasitic intermediaries.
3: All right. Uh, My name's Elon. I'm uh, 25 years old. I am 30. And uh, we are at the Rap Genius office, uh, which is in Williamsburg in Brooklyn. Um, Tom's here. He's chilling. (laughs) Hello.
0: Rap Genius. One of the top song lyric websites. Ilan hands me a bottled water. The label says Baller Water. His office has a customized neon sign that is in the shape of a diamond and a deck that looks out over the East River from Williamsburg. This is the view. Do you guys have barbecues out here? Uh, yeah, yeah. Rap Genius is a website where fans can write down the lyrics to their favorite songs. It's not all rap. It's all kinds of music. But Rap Genius goes beyond just posting the lyrics. The lyrics are usually explained, annotated. I'll give you an example. Like, for instance, say I'm listening to the Kanye song, Mercy. Got it? Well, I didn't get it the first time. All right. I'm going to go to Rap Genius's website and type in the name of the song, Mercy. The lyrics come up, and the part of the song that I didn't get... Turns out they're saying it is a weeping and a moaning and a gnashing of teeth. But here's what makes Rap Genius different from the other lyric websites. If we click on the lyrics, this other window pops up on the site that explains the meaning behind the words. So at Rap Genius, Ilan shows me this is what happens when you click on the words weeping and
3: moaning and gnashing of teeth. It says there there are seven references to weeping and gnashing of teeth in the Bible – uh, one such verse, Matthew thirteen forty two, states that Into the furnace of fire there will be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Uh, this verse describes the plight of those who will be sent to hell. Kanye is implying that his presence in the game brings hell to other rappers. Ilan loves geeking out about rap lyrics like this.
0: And, in fact, the whole company was started by him and his roommates sitting around and doing that.
3: We were listening to, actually, Cameron. We were listening to the album Purple Haze one night, and, uh, you know, Mopode was saying some funny and interesting stuff about uh, the lyrics. And Tom was fascinated. He would ask more questions. We would listen, ask more questions. And we were talking about a bunch of stuff, but we were having like a deep conversation about uh, the lyricism. And you know, Tom, I remember, literally said, there should be a website for this.
0: Classic startup tale, roommates just out of Yale University. They built it in a weekend, called it Rap Exegesis, which, as any Yale kid could tell you, exegesis means the close reading of text. Lots of people couldn't spell it, so they settled on Rap Genius. And the website was a pretty instant hit. No ads, but lots of traffic. And just recently, the hottest venture capital firm in Silicon Valley gave them $15 million. And... Their site, it was even popular with artists, like rap stars, started to contribute. They'd come into the Rap Genius offices, sit right here at the table and talk about their lyrics. Like this video here of Rick Ross explaining how to spell. Uh. This grunt uh. that you hear, that is a signature lyric from Rick Ross. Here's his advice on how to transcribe it. I'm tell you this, you know, it starts with a G. You finish the rest of that one, but can you hear me? Rap Genius will tell you, they feel like they are different from the other lyric websites. They say they're doing way more than putting up someone's words on the internet. They are providing a service, a place to talk about lyrics. And they say that a lot of songwriters are into it. Nobody has said to you, Oh, you're stealing those, those are mine. David Lowry. David Lowry. The guy from the beginning, David Lowry of Cracker and Camper Van Beethoven, he was not into it, and he's been very vocal about this. A couple months ago, he and the head of a trade group representing songwriters, they released a list that David had created.
2: Undesirable lyric website list.
0: Basically, the top 50 sites that came up when you Googled lyrics that did not give money to songwriters. David Lowry, along with David Israelite, the head of the Music Publishers Association, they held a press conference to announce this list. And at the top Rap Genius. Um, yes, Rap Genius is on this list. In fact, I believe it's number one. It's uh, number one. It's on Battle of the Bands David Lowry versus Rap Genius. The songwriter versus the website. The songwriters had an ultimatum for rap genius, take down your website or pay up. Now, this fight between the two sides, it turns on a single question. Is what rap genius is doing fair use? So fair use. When people in the U.S. write a book or a song, create a work of art, they can get a copyright on that which is basically an exclusive right to any revenue stream that is associated with this work of art. The copyright keeps other people from using their art without permission and making money off it. Fair use, though, that is the exception to that rule. It says sometimes it's okay to use someone else's work without paying for it. So what are those times? Like, when is that okay, and when are you going too far? Patricia Ofter, Heidi, is a fair use expert, and she says this question has been around for hundreds of years, and it famously came up in this precedent-setting court case in the middle of the 19th century.
1: So there was a lawsuit between a guy who was writing a biography of George Washington, and somebody else had published letters of George Washington, and he took some of those letters and he just stuck them in the book, and the question was, was that Okay. And that was the decision that ended up establishing these four general questions
0: that you would ask about fair use. Four questions that a court can use to decide if what you're doing is fair use or just stealing. Some cases are pretty cut and dry.
1: You download the Beyonce song uh, and you don't pay Beyonce. That is bad. That is infringing. That is
0: bad. Yeah. When it comes to Beyonce. Even though. It is bad under the law. Okay, but what happens if I do this?
1: Oh, I just talked about Beyoncé. So you might be wanting to run Beyoncé behind my comment because you want to remind people, oh, this is who she's talking about. Mm -hmm. So how much Beyoncé do you need to do that?
0: Yeah, I mean, as much as as possible, (laughs) if you're asking
1: me... (laughs) (laughs) But probably not as much as possible because really what you want to do
0: is is you want to be able to trigger in people's minds, this is Beyonce. This is one piece of criteria when establishing fair use. How much of the original work are you using? Should I stop now? Or right here? I mean, I probably should stop. You get the idea. You know who Beyonce is. Another question is, what am I using the song to do? Am I making something brand new, like a radio show about fair use? Or am I just playing the music for fun without doing anything different with it? Patricia, after Heidi says to argue fair use, it's got to be the first thing. It's got to be transformative.
1: The reason should have to do with this new creation of culture, not with, geez, I really love it.
0: Next up is the work factual or creative, because the courts might treat that differently or if it's published or unpublished. The last thing is, are you competing with the artist? Have you stepped right into their market and tried to sell the same thing they're selling? When Patricia thinks about it, when she considers these four things, she says lyric websites, even rap genius, they don't quite fit the criteria.
1: I have uh, benefited enormously from music lyric websites. They have improved many uh, a social occasion for me. <laughs> but they are, um, by and large, actually not fair use because what uh, fair use permits is the creation of new culture. And what music lyric websites do is to replicate on the web and with great convenience uh, what exists already in, as, as a fully developed market.
0: Songwriters do make money off selling their lyrics, she says. And that's clearly what's happening on these websites. You see the lyrics for free, and that probably siphons some money away from the songwriters. So who's winning this battle? So far, it's Lowry, the musician. And the folks on his side, they've sent out a bunch of cease and desist letters and lots of lyric sites who were just copying lyrics and putting them up said, OK, we will pay you some of our advertising revenue. The Rap Genius guys, though, they think what they're doing is covered under fair use. They think that what they've created is transformative. It is a brand new thing.
3: You know, we believe that this is fair use. Uh, we believe that uh, what's going on is people are taking uh, work and adding a tremendous amount of criticism, commentary, uh, context, and knowledge around it. So when you go to, you know, some uh, Beyonce song on Rap Genius and click around and read around for a while, and you're going to see this feels, this is different.
0: But even the Rap Genius guys, they have agreed to pay. Actually, just this week, Rap Genius has gotten fully licensed up. They have licensed all their content with the music publisher's. Despite their belief that what they're doing is covered under fair use, it is just not worth the lawyers and the lawsuits. So songwriters like David Lowry, the music guy from the beginning, he has been able to collect some new money just for the lyrics of his songs. And he has found out the worth of just the words in this relatively new marketplace. So how much?
2: Lyric websites are not a big Revenue source for me it would be in the high hundreds a year. Um, I'm a hundred heir
0: less than a thousand dollars a year
2: I think probably less than a thousand dollars in my case
0: okay, that is not much but David Lowry will tell you it is the principle of the thing and remember lots of songwriters weren't making anything on lyrics before there was the internet. And this is a rare case of the internet filling this need, finding money out there to support it, and then actually sharing a little bit of that money with the musician, even if it's just a couple hundred bucks or probably thousands, if you're Beyonce. To the left, to the left. Mm-hmm. To the left, to the left. Everything you own in a box. Okay, we could keep this going, but in the spirit of fair use, I will fade it down. Blue Ivy's Gotta Eat. As always, you can let us know what you thought of the show today. Write to us, planetmoney at npr.org. Find us on Facebook and Twitter. Today, we will have a mix for you on Spotify, so you can go to the blog, slash money, and look for that. Our show was produced today by Fia Benin. I'm Zoe Chase. Thanks for listening i not